This episode of Weekly Sauce is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub MTL. Visit Mike's BBQ Rub MTL.com and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off the entire site. Um, again, this is episode 37, I think it is, Alex. This is uh, Weekly Sauce as usual. 37, right, Alex? 37, yes. It's a special one for us. Uh, I mean, every episode is special, but this one's a little bit a, li- a little bit more special for, I know, for you, Alex. I know you were super pumped to have this one on. Just so let's give a <laughs> breakdown of who we have on today. So he's... Um, most outstanding player in the Great Cup in 2003-2009. He is the most outstanding player in the CFL 2002-2003. He's a three-time CFL All-Star. He's an absolute legend. Over a thousand catches in the league. CFL Hall of Famer in 2014. Ben Cahoon, how's it going, buddy? Oh, great, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Great to be on. And uh, appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Well, I mean, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it more than anything. Where, so where are you now? You're back home in uh, Utah, I imagine? Yes. In Utah. That's kind of where my family was the whole model playing career. Kind of went back and forth. So I read I read one thing about you and it was you don't like to play on Sundays. So that's why you chose the that's yeah. why you chose the CFL because you play Friday nights. <laughs> <laughs> Friday night. Well, I didn't necessarily. I chose the CFL because I had no other options. Basically. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I I I think uh, Sundays are different days for me and I, I try not to work on them but uh, unless it's necessary absolutely so that, that was my follow-up question actually so but have you ever had any offers from the nfl or uh, or did you just refuse them or uh, what's going on there i i had a tryout with the tampa bay buccaneers super bowl champs yeah team. um <laughs> I, I tried out for them um right after right out of college just a mini camp tryout they didn't draft me they did not offer me a free agent uh, contract they just basically said you can come in and try out and it was short-lived like two and a half days and um and about that time i got drafted by the alouettes so you got drafted and then after yeah i was drafted by the alouettes because i qualified as a non-import because i lived in canada for eight years but um the, um, the the Buccaneers were, um, just you know after after I started playing in Canada after my first year I just decided that I wasn't going to pursue the NFL anymore. I loved my experience the first year with the Alouettes. I loved the CFL. I knew I could thrive in CFL, and if I got to the NFL, it was going to be a crapshoot. I would get on the right team that would take a guy like me and maybe bounce around the league a little bit. And I, it just didn't seem like the lifestyle for me. Sure glad I made that decision that turned out okay. How often do you come back to Montreal, if you, if ever? No, I do as often as I can. Um, unfortunately, didn't get out there last year with uh, COVID and all, but um, I think two times the year before, 2019. Um, Business I'm doing right now, G2G Protein Bars, allows me to get up to Canada quite often. And any excuse I can get, I can have to get out east, uh, I take it. So um, I love coming to Montreal. I was hoping to get a game or two last summer. But, yeah. it's, it's tough, too. I mean, they canceled the season this year in the CFL. I mean, obviously, they don't have the engine that the NFL does to continue the season going. But uh, it was tough, and we, we had a lot of the guys on. 
we have we've had a few CFLers on the show, and, and it's it's tough for them. You know, they're trying to make a living, support their families, and you know, not being able to make money. And uh, a good friend of mine is one of the de- one of the defensive assistants for the Owls now, and he's taking like an assistant coaching job at CJEPS and things like that just to make ends meet. You know, and it's it's pretty it's pretty brutal for them, but it, it is what it is. It's our reality now. You know, it's created a virtual world for everybody like you like you and I right now. Hopefully, hopefully they throw something together this year and you can put some fans in the stands. Yeah, I've actually had a question, and this is this is what I always wanted to know. How, how did you and Anthony have such a great chemistry? I was on TV. I, I, could, I couldn't believe how, how you and, and Anthony had such a beautiful relation with with each other and you guys already knew exactly the yin and the yang and you guys had such a beautiful chemistry and you you always knew where to go you had you had the the perfect routes honestly you were anthony's um safety safety blankets i i should say and when you have anthony on make sure you express that to anthony make sure you tell (laughs) anthony i'll make sure to tell him that you told us to put him on Um, you know it just developed over years and thankfully we were able to spend a lot of years together 13 um all 13 together it started my rookie year and his first year when he came over to montreal from hamilton and we were just on we were basically running the opponent's defense scout team every practice and you know they the coaches hold up cards with the routes, and Anthony goes back and, and picks a route and throws the ball. So we just got a lot of reps running the, the opponent's offense all practice, every practice, and not a lot of playing time. I don't think I got into I think I got into a game, you know, did some special team stuff by working year. game of the season, and I started a game. Um, but we still had to run the practice, the practice team stuff too. So you got a lot of practice that way. And then off the field, it just kind of came naturally. Played college in, at Utah State. You know, we had golf. Um, uh, we just kind of um, developed a great relationship both on the field and off the field. Are you, um, are you still great golfing now? Not very often, but... <laughs> Often enough to beat his brains in. <laughs> is Anthony a good golfer? I feel like he's a, like a crazy competitor to the point where like he was just, like he if you beat him, he's not talking to you for a week kind of thing. All quarterbacks, <laughs> they had this country club lifestyle growing up. They're all good golfers, but he's he's uh, he's a very good golfer. Yeah. All right. I can I can't picture it. I don't know why. I feel like he's more <laughs> like your. He's like your. He's like kind of like your. Just your throwback football guy, but he doesn't want to get doesn't want to be too. He always needs to be kind of dirty, you know. I feel like he's more of those kind of guy. I feel like he's he's not like your prototypical quarterback, where you know most quarterbacks, like you said, you know they've been the, the country house, uh, the country club uh, feel to them. But I, I feel like I always felt Anthony was kind of more of like you know a tough guy. I feel like Matthew Stafford's that way, you know, like a, just like a tough guy, just really doesn't buy into like the polos and things like that. I don't know. I've seen him driving around all the time in his pickup truck, so I, I have this weird perception of him. Yeah. Uh, what do you miss most about Montreal? Just the city. 
uh, a bunch of friends, a bunch of great friends in, that were neighbors with us and, and uh, dear lifelong friends and, and the organization as a whole. Um, the restaurants, you know, city, city in general is just so unique and such a fantastic city there. As you can see, Alex and I love restaurants. So which, and, which, one's your, which one's your favorite restaurant? Like, what's the one you're like, post-game, we got to go? No, just the keg. I mean, I'm not, I'm a pretty simple guy. You're a meat and potatoes kind of guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and every time, when last time I was in town, Anthony and John Bowman and I went and we went to the keg. So. Oh, there you go. See? So, 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 so you've mentioned restaurants, and I imagine you've had a poutine, right? Nope. You've never had a poutine? No. Nope. Get out of here. Sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose popularity <laughs> in Quebec, but never appealed to me. <laughs> I like really? French fries. I like spooky cheese, as we call it down here. <laughs> <laughs> I like gravy, but the combination just never appealed to me. Oh, the combination <laughs> is the best part of it, then. What are we talking yeah. about here? I, you know what? Uh, I think you should start like a poutine stand in, in, in Utah. Yeah. Having never tasted it, and just just say like it's the best thing ever because that's what it is. It's literally the best meal on earth. <laughs> it, ne- it never duplicated. Right? What's the thing? Is always copied, never never replicated. Whatever. What's the term? Yeah. Impossible to copy the kind of cuisine you get here in Quebec. <laughs> right. That's the same thing in Philly. You can't you can't get a Philly cheesesteak anywhere like west of the Mississippi. They just can't make them. It just doesn't work. Exactly. It doesn't work. What's what's next for you? I know you have the G two G bars. Uh, I saw John Bowman uh, posted something too. So, what's uh, tell us about that company? What is it? That's a great company. Been around for about eleven years. It's a refrigerated protein bar, so there's no fillers, no junk, um, no preservatives. Keep it in the fridge so it maintains its freshness. And um, best part about it is its taste. Tastes like dessert. I've had two already today. I've had them for breakfast every weekday for about two years now and um yeah, we sick of them so i'm i'm excited i one of the main reasons for joining this company was they said that they were launching into canada mm-hmm. and i could take over that part of the business so um that gave me an excuse to get up to montreal and, and get up to western canada as well and come up bars and that was going good last year was a rough year like wasn't able to make it up to Canada at all, but um, things are growing up there. It's great product, so it's might have time before everybody hears about G2G bars. It stands for Good to Go. Good to Go, go Protein yeah. Bars. All right, you got to send us some. I'm down. Well, where, well where, for where, sure. Where can you buy it here? I mean, have you made any deals with any like grocery stores here, any chains and things like that? Yeah, not too many in Montreal, but um, a couple gyms and uh, Metro and TMR. Okay. We've got them in their pocket care. Um, it's in a, it'll be in a refrigerated section in, in a chiller. Okay, cool. So, um, but the Metro and TMR has a specific gym. Um, Gold? I think, some, I think there's some IGAs that have them too. I'm, I'm not positive about the location. So I think i got to get on some. We've got to cut the diet a bit. You know, the quarantine weight, <laughs> the I COVID weight is really catching up to me, buddy. I hear that. Um, I'll let you know some other a couple other locations in I'm close. Um, ben, we uh, we've a- we've always been asking this question to Al- to our web players, but um, what's a story that you can tell us about a um, 
that nobody knows like outside like in the media like what's a story like a funny story or just a special story that you could tell us man that's that's tough to narrow it down to just one it's um, like a locker room story maybe one about marco <laughs> that we can make fun of <laughs> And the only one that's coming to mind is probably not even safe to share on the air. <laughs> Saskatchewan, just like regular season game. And one of our old linemen, the big dude, probably <laughs> listed at 350, but he was he was bigger than that. I don't say his name. It's always an old lineman. He's kind of a <laughs> class clown, like so many of those guys are. And we're pregame in the locker room getting dressed. And he starts, he's buck naked, and he starts dancing around, trying to get everybody laughing. And he's a huge human being. So he's doing his thing, you know, and, and everybody's cracking up. He's just got body parts flailing all over the place. He, he had a little stool in front of his locker that his jersey was draped over the stool. So he gets done after about 30 seconds of dancing. He gets out of breath and he goes and sits down naked on his stool, on his jersey. <laughs> I don't know if he didn't realize it, but he stands up and the jersey's still stuck. <laughs> and everybody goes crazy. Everybody's busting a gut, right? And he fights the attention and he starts dancing again. Right? And it's just ridiculous. Peels it out. I don't even want to know. And he's got a big, huge skid mark right between the numbers. I won't say the numbers because you'll know who it was. Right between the numbers. And he's got to go out and play a football game. 60 minutes of a football game. So they they couldn't even get him a jersey? He had to wear the jersey that. I don't know. He had to wear the jerseys of CFL. They don't have extra jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the crap? Dude. Okay, I got to look into you know, it. How does that happen? I got to look into it. I'll get and, the name. You don't have to tell me who it is. His <laughs> answer when people are like, how does that happen? Well, well, usually after I use the bathroom, I just go into the jacuzzi. And they didn't, they didn't have a jacuzzi. And everybody's like, wait, what? Going to our team jacuzzi? And you just like, yeah, every game. Every, it's like, every <laughs> game. I don't wipe his butt and it goes to the jacuzzi. Leave, so, leave it to an old lineman, it'd be that dirty? Yeah. yeah. Nasty. <laughs> Nasty. I'm sorry. That's the that's the only story that came to my mind. I couldn't, I couldn't get it out of my dang mind and think of something else. Like, well, I can clip that up and put it in. It's, it's a great story, Ben. That's not. I'm traumatized by it. Still, frankly. <laughs> yeah. so, okay, after what I've seen, honestly, in locker rooms, I think uh, you can't be traumatized anymore. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah that, that's, that's true. A, it's a place where nobody should enter if you don't belong. You know, it's, that's true. Yeah, you can ask anybody that played around my time; they will remember that story. I will. I don't know exactly who it is. Okay, I will. That's <laughs> Anthony Bowman, Anwar. You can ask. We're on it. I'll get it. I'll get. It. Oh, then I'll call you out for it, though. I'll be like, "See, Ben, I got the information." I don't. I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't say. No, you're you're clean. You're squeaky. Guy's clean, name. Ben. I didn't say what his numbers were. You didn't say anybody's it's all, name. It's all just cemented in my brain, unfortunately. 
<laughs> so we asked John it's, Bowman. It's kind of it's kind of gross, but it's the only thing that I thought of when you when you kind of put me on the spot there. And it's always the grossest story. Something else. Yeah, I know. We asked John. We asked John Bowman who his favorite coach was, and his well, we were talking about Adam Gase and the effect that Adam Gase had on the Jets, and you know how he was a bad coach and things like that. And and then I'd ask him, so like, what, what coach, like, what what kind of a what kind of a skill, what kind of a skill set does a coach have to have for you? And he started going off on like his least favorite coach of all time. And um, I Ben, you're a classy guy. You're probably not going to say those things. So we're going to ask you right now: who's which coach had the most the biggest impression on you in the CFL or in college? Man, so many, so many great coaches, and we had a few. You know, in my time in Montreal, we had Rod Rust, we had Dave Ritchie, we had Jim Pop a couple of times. We had um, Trust. Mark Trustman, Don Matthews, and. Uh, Tressman was so impactful, just the way he taught and the expectation he had for how we treated one another and how we acted on and off the field. Um, I, I just, I was, I was buying everything that he was selling and uh, loved Mark Tressman. Uh, Don Matthews was a crazy man, yeah. and I had more fun playing for Don Matthews than anybody else, and he was remarkable. He was a fantastic football player. Um, totally different approach, though. He was just kind of fly by the seat of your pants guy and just one of the players to have fun and be fresh and um, kind of opposite ends of the spectrum for both those guys, but so great to play for each one of each of those guys. Um, you, you name you name some some real some impressionable coaches back then, you know I mean? Some like Don, Dave, Dave Ritchie and Don Matthews to me, those are like the, I look, like when I was growing up playing football, like those were the guys, you know what I mean? Like this, them. And then Mark Tressman comes on and you're like, this guy's very different. He's he's more business, more, you know, numbers. He's the very like, just an easygoing guy. He doesn't look like a football guy. You know, he's just a smart guy that yeah. understands the game extremely well. Uh, I wanted to take you back to 2009, the famous great cup, the famous missed field goal. <laughs> against Winnipeg, and what was the, what was the sideline? Were you on the field when the when the field goal was missed, the first field goal? Saskatchewan. Oh, Saskatchewan. Sorry, no, it was the missed field goal. Was it Saskatchewan or Winnipeg? Am I drawing a blank here? Wait, you're Saskatchewan. talking about the Great Cup. What's the Great Cup? Yeah, when, when Damon missed the field goal and he yeah, got exactly. second chance. Right? Yeah, two thousand nine Great Cup. Great Cup. Yeah. So, were you on the field at that? Or were you on the were you on the sideline? Yeah, I was the holder. You were the holder. There you go. So even better. Yeah. What, was, what was it like <laughs> was when you saw the yellow? What all those flags coming out? Yeah, I, I was, I really didn't react. I was just like in the moment and trying to just worry about getting reset and uh, listening to what the, the call was. I had no idea. You know, yeah. It was on us, and game over, or something. Uh, but as soon as it was on up them, I was just like, "Don't screw this up. Try to get focused and." The ball down for it's a tough job to be the pinner because you never know. The ball can come <laughs> up here, you know, like, you don't even know what's happening. It's a thankless job. A thankless Absolutely. job, exactly. No one ever remembers the maybe no one ever remembers the holder ever, Ben. So you screw up. Yeah, yeah, I don't even remember and I'm talking to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll try not to be offended. Yeah, I know the hold the, the the holder must make sure that the that the laces are not uh towards the kicker, right? Laces out. That's yeah, part exactly. of it. That's part of it, yeah. 
As Jim Carrey told us, laces out all the time. <laughs> we appreciate you coming on, Ben. Honestly, it was it was awesome talking to you. You're a great guy. Um, I'll let uh, with when when Anthony Calvillo comes on, I'll let him know that we'll tell him that you were the reason it was all all the success. Nobody else. <laughs> I was talking some golf smack. Gotta get him on. You want to get him on? Tell him who was talking golf smack. And the only way he can defend himself is come on the show. I'll challenge him to a golf game too. I'll be like, listen, Anthony, I heard your golf game's pretty trash. I heard. Uh... I'm hoping because I I coached for a while. I'm hoping I know what coaching lifestyle is. That dude has no time to golf. I know. I can imagine. So I, I think can... I would take it. <laughs> well, so it's G two G bar, right? Uh, we'll yeah. Take, yeah. We'll promote as much as we can. We'll take. I'll, I'll make sure to go to TMR's Metro and uh, I'll get it there. Sure. Yeah, it's close Thanks, everybody. Once you're wild, I promise it'll be the best tasting protein body you have. I'll send you both some, though, and uh, appreciate the time. Perfect. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it, buddy. Have a good one. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Ben. This show is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub, home of the best rubs in town, and that sauce, barbecue sauce, peas. Absolutely. They will get you satisfied in 12 seconds or less, just like Rick Pitino at that restaurant. So visit Mike's BBQ Rub MTL.com and use Hot Sauce 10 promo code for 10% off on all individual bottles. That's Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off. And please don't forget to rub your meat. And we are back, man. That was sick. I don't know about you, but uh, I had to change clothes. I was sweating so much from talking to Ben Cahoon. Me too. <laughs> uh, he was great, man. Honestly, Ben is a uh, class act. Unbelievable guy. Unbelievable. Hopefully we can figure, figure out a partnership with him too. Yeah, exactly. I enjoyed the interview. He's the guy who I really looked up to when I was younger. And uh, yeah, what a beauty! Awesome guy, awesome guy. And you kind of, I, I kind of expected that from Ben because he's like a very, he's always been a quiet guy, you know. So he doesn't have a lot of like the, he's not like Marco or John Bowman or those guys, you know. So he, he's he's good. He's a good storyteller and he's an all around great guy. And we love him. So we love him for coming on. So yeah, yeah, I got a, like yeah, yeah, I got some uh, some dad feelings. Like like he's yeah. like a that figure you know yeah exactly <laughs> uh so we're gonna talk some fights man i know you and i were watching the fights last week we were tweeting at each other so man it was <laughs> it was a pretty intense card i will say it was pretty intense yeah i i kind of enjoyed it uh surprisingly i was i didn't have, didn't have much ex- expectations for it but yeah we, but it turned out to have some re- some pretty sick fights it was good man so what was your what was your fight of the night Oh my fight of the night! That uh, that has to be Michael Johnson versus Clay Guido. That was a good fight. Um, mainly because my my father in law is is friends with Clay Guido's cousin. Okay, yeah, you told me this already. So, uh, based, so so he was cheering on Clay Guida and shit in the living room and like yelling and shit. So I, I, I was enjoying it. Uh, and and Clay Guida, Michael Johnson are both OGs. Yeah, big time. Kind of, so he fought he fought a good fight clay guida i think that uh he fought a clay guida fight you know it's like where you had to bring it to him and he was all over the place you know like the way he is he's always bouncing around he's going crazy and and michael johnson i mean michael johnson all the talent in the world man all the talent in the world and he just he can't get it done i'm surprised he's still in the ufc i mean he's 20 wins and 17 losses i'm really surprised (laughs) he's still in the ufc i really am Michael Johnson, yeah, I I remember him back in the Ultimate uh, Ultimate Fighter series yeah. with Josh Kosh- Koscheck, yeah. and and I I had high hopes for him honestly. That was the GSP, and uh, yeah, exactly GSP versus Koscheck. Um, 
and I think he's a he's he's coming from a wrestling background, if I believe so. Yeah, yeah, he was a he was a wrestler, like he's like a high school wrestler, collegiate wrestler, but he doesn't use his wrestling at all. Yeah, that's what I've noticed as well in the fight. I, I was expecting some wrestling, but but that went more towards Clay Guida. He had he had seven takedown attempts, and I believe four of them were successful. And he had also submission. No, he didn't have a submission. No, no. Um, yeah, Clay Guida had a, um, a typical Clay. Well, it wasn't a typical Clay Guida fight because Clay Guida te tends to be more of a um, brawler, more of a he. Like, like I always say, Clay Guida is the type of guy to go to a buffet and eat three fucking plates. He's yeah, exactly. a fucking grinder. <laughs> he, he, he's a fucking grinder. And and I didn't see much. Well, I did see grinding from the from from from, from a takedowns perspective, but looking at him, uh, he wasn't going for it. He was more like sitting back and waiting for the counter punch uh, punches. And he he, he had great left hooked. He had great right hook. So that's how. So that's what I really uh, really liked about it. Fight of the night for me. I mean, it's tough to go. I mean, I think Benny Darius showed me that. You know he's he's a brawler too, man. And Benny, he's he's had those crazy KOs, those comeback KOs. And I think him going in and beating Carlos Ferreira, Ferreira however you want to pronounce it, um, it, it was impressive, man. Because Ferreira is a fucking he's a sick jiu-jitsu black belt, but so is Benny. And I think Benny, the fact that he he can win, he can win a three round decision against a vet like Carlos is sick is sick to me. And I'm a big fan of Benny Darius. He's a GB Gracie Baja black belt as well. So um, I'm pumped for him. For I like I like that fight. Yeah, he's under. Uh, if I, if I, if I'm correct, he's under Romulo Barral and Bruno Palista from uh, yeah, California. So, Hom so Romulo Barral, Barral is like one of the best of all time. Like if you talk about like Gracie Baja legends, he's the top five. You know, like he's up there, and he he trains out of like San Francisco. I think he has a gym out in San Francisco, and he has like a ton, a ton, a ton of like, world class black belts. Like uh, like Gabriel Largest came under him. Uh, I know um, oh, the Armenian guy. He fights in Bellator. Blonde kid. Why am I forgetting his name? I'm happy I'm forgetting his name. Who? who Dylan Dennis? No, not Dylan Dennis. <laughs> Dylan Dennis isn't Gracie Baja. He's uh, he came under Alliance. Oh fuck! Uh, he's Armenian, but he's blonde. He's short. He's a small kid. He talks a lot. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I met him too. I don't even know why I'm forgetting his name. Anyway, him. He never. Uh, he wasn't raised on. Uh, didn't come up through him, but he's trained there. Uh, Edwin Najmi is another guy that Homolo uh, thinks so like uh, brought up, and he's a sick world champ black belt too. So like Benny is. He was in good hands back then, and now that he switched his cap, and now he's fighting in a more MMA style. You know, he's really he's putting it together. I don't see Benny becoming like this world champ or anything like that, but I do yeah. see him as like a really like a brawler, and he's going to be able to like. Uh, make a name for himself. Maybe get a shot eventually, but for now, uh, we'll keep it as it is. At lightweight, I don't see him breaking the top five anytime soon. Uh, yeah. Crazy KO, though. Crazy KO. Corey Sanhagen. Corey Sanhagen. Yeah. That was brutal. He's he's now waiting for the winner of Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling. Um, that I was like, wow. He just knocked him out with a fucking knee and I, I was impressed that was the KO of so far that's the KO of the year for me 
Oh man, it so was far. pretty because it, it came out of like it was in the first like thirty seconds, and it was just like, and it was right where they're talking, and the announcers are talking, and they're like, "Oh uh, yeah, this is what Frankie Edgar has to do. He has to his hands and he, his feet have to move at the same time, and as soon as bang, yeah, yeah, yeah. gets KO'd, it was unbelievable. Yeah, thirty seconds it was twenty eight seconds, and his last loss was to Aljamain Sterling. He comes back, he beats Marlon Marais, so now his name is back in the mix. He beats Frankie Edgar too. His name is even more in the mix. So I think that him. He has to be the next guy. I mean, I don't know if they've announced it yet, but I think he has to be the next guy. He, yeah, he's definitely the next top contender for uh, Benton Weights uh, Championship. Uh, and, and just on on Benny Dariush, he had 15 takedown attempts. That's crazy. 15. And, well, only five of them were successful, but... Five takedowns, that's the way I see it. I really love, I really love his performance. And I do think he's going to go... F- He's not going to be a champion, but he will be like a top 10 fighter. Yeah, well, yeah he'll be if, like a top if, 10 if guy for a long time because that's just the yeah. type of guy he is. He's also a big boy. He's fighting a lightweight, so I think eventually he'll probably move up to 170. I hope he moves up to 170. I think it's a better weight class for him. He doesn't have to cut as much because he's like six feet, so he can fit there. And uh, I yeah. hope he does that, and I, and, I, and I wish him that. So main event, Alistair Overeem, Volkov. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm well, always I'm always on Overeem's bandwagon, but after this one, not so much. <laughs> well, what's funny is that I was on a uh, I was on a live stream, and 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 they were all and they all thought Overeem was gonna win. Yeah, I was there saying Volkov's gonna win, <laughs> and Volkov, oh my God, he came out out of the. He, he kicked him out quick one two punches. He was very very precise. He was hitting Alistair Overeem with where it hurts, and that's what I really loved about Volkov this time because I remember his fight versus Derek Lewis, and he got dominated. Okay, absolutely dominated. Volkov? And yeah, you didn't watch the fight then. Volkov was winning the entire fight, and then the last second. He, Derek Lewis caught his leg and KO'd him because Volkov, like an idiot, threw a leg kick and and Derek Lewis caught it and KO'd him with one punch. Hold on a second, I think I'm. It's it's a, I think I'm I'm talking about the wrong fight. Yeah, you're not talking about Derek Lewis because he was winning that fight. Like he was he was destroying Derek Lewis. Yeah, I think I think I'm I might be I might be confusing him with uh, Curtis Blades. Oh yeah, that could be possible. Yeah, exactly. That makes more sense. That's that. Yeah, yeah. That's Curtis Blades, possibly. Um, but yeah, Volkov. That fight to, to to me, he he really really impressed, and uh, I do think his next move should be really one of the top four guys in the heavyweight division. You're talking about uh, he, his. Uh, if you're talking about Greg, he, so he fought Derek Lewis, lost. He he beat Greg Hardy. Uh, decision killed him, and uh, then he lost yeah. to Curtis Blades, and then he ta- he beat Walt Harris. So you might be talking about Walt Harris, which was his most recent fight, where he KO'd Walt Walt Harris, like he sent him to another fucking dimension. <laughs> I think you're talking about. That. <laughs> well, no, no, the fight where 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 Volkov got uh was sloppy. The, I'm talking about that fight. That was Derek Lewis. He, uh, no, sorry. Oh, when he was sloppy, it was against Curtis Blades. Yeah, okay, my bad. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, and. From there, I was like, eh, is, is he really going to get a shot at heavyweight championship uh, or not? But I'm seeing he, he really improved uh, from from there. And uh, I do think he could potentially challenge. But I, I love him, but I just don't see him being a champion. That's the thing with Volkov. And it's a heavyweight division. It's always been like that where it's there's always these guys that like, 
like Volkov to me, he's kind of the same level as like when, after Frank Mir became champion, the heavyweight division became really good, like really strong with the Ed Brock Lesnar and and all these guys coming up and and um, fuck, I'm I'm slow today on names. Uh, fuck the the massive guy. He lost the he was beating Brock Lesnar. He lost them. Huge hands, biggest hands in the history of the UFC. Jesus Christ. Uh, that's uh, from Colorado. I always forget his name. Anyway, um, well, yeah, but what about Cain Velasquez? Man? Yeah, exactly. And Cain Velasquez. So like the division yeah, became really good. So I put Volkov at like that Frank Mir level. You know, like where he's like kind of like the best of the rest. You know, like he's there's the top five, and then he's like right there. Even though he's in the top five, he's not like necessarily championship level. I don't see him beating uh, Stipe. I don't see him beating John Jones. I don't see him beating. Um, what I Curtis Blades again? What, I, I don't think he can ever beat Curtis Blades. I mean, maybe Curtis uh, Blades if Kurt has an off night, but I think Curtis Blades has a good matchup against him with the wrestling. I just don't see that happening. And there's a few. Guys what I want, yeah, yeah. What I want for Volkov, what I want for Volkov is a re, is a rematch against Derek Lewis. He needs that rematch, and I think that's the that's a good call. I think that that's the next thing for him. Uh, maybe a Fabrizio Verdum. You know what I mean? He beat him once already. That too. There's, there's guys that he can fight there. So it's interesting to see what Volkov is going to happen now. But Volkov is a very good fighter, and he could get a title shot within this year if he ends up winning one more fight. If he can fight Derek Lewis and win, I think there's a title shot in the line for him. Uh, he, he, I think he would have to be Nganu because to me, Nganu is, is a gatekeeper. Yeah, Nganu is not going to... I, I can't see Nganu winning the belt. I mean, I could see him winning the belt. Depends or maybe Jarzinho. I mean, it might be Jarzinho as well. I think I think Jarzinho and Ngannou are set to fight. No. Yeah, exactly. But so, he might get he, he might get a loser. Of of, yeah, or I loser. Get, I think you should get the winner of those. I mean, unless Ngannou, if if Jarzinho wins, I think Bokov and Jarzinho should fight. That's a good call. But if Ngannou wins, they'll for sure give Ngannou a title shot. So, so yeah, I see either rematch versus um, and uh, versus Lewis. Or Jorginho and Ganu, whatever. But he need if he is gonna inspire for a championship, he's gonna have to fight the top guys. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a Volkov guy. Like I, like I see him, I want to watch him fight. You know, he's interesting to watch. He's exciting. So I can't I can't wait to see him. <clears throat> see what happens with him. Uh, we got a big card this weekend. A very underappreciated card. I mean, I know there's only one title fight, but there's a lot of good fights on this card. What do you think, Usman Burns? Oof. Um... Well, listen, when Usman fought uh, Jorge Masvidal, I was expecting a really good fight. Mm -hmm. Okay. Usman made it boring. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, but if six, on six days' notice, changing the style of fighter you're supposed to fight, pushing him up against the cage, stuff, uh, toe stomping him, rib shots. I mean, like, it was a boring <laughs> fight, but he dominated him. Like, he made Masvidal really like, you don't belong here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. On a mixed martial arts level, he, he dominated. Yeah. But, but from a fan perspective, like like, like like entertainment, that was fucking for boring. sure. But what do you what do you do on six days' notice? And it's the same thing that happened with Khabib when Khabib was supposed to fight Ferguson, and Ferguson bowed out last second. Ally Quinta came. It went five rounds. It was a boring fight, but it went five rounds. What do you expect these guys to do? They can't do the same game plan. It's a completely different fighter. Imagine going from Ferguson to yeah. Ally Quinta, and then imagine going from. Um, from Burns to Masvidal, two very different styles. One's a brawler, one's a jiu-jitsu guy with good boxing. Yeah, uh, Gilbert Burns is really good jiu-jitsu. So he, I'm not sure how he's going to match up against Usman. I think it's going to be a, a ground match. 
I believe. I, I, and I, think, I don't think it touches the ground once. Really? Yeah. Unless it's like, and I just spoke about it on Tarps Off with the guys, and it's, I don't think it touches the ground once. I think that it's, it, it, it gets to a point where, and Adam Kaplan had a good point. He said, if it goes up against the cage, it'll go up against the cage, and Usman's going to use his Muay Thai, his clinch, a lot of wrestling on the cage, things like that. If it goes to the ground, it'll go to the ground at the end of the round where Usman's going to be able to put him down off the cage. But I don't think that Burns will want to go to the ground. I don't think that it's smart for him to go to the ground for Usman. I know even though Burns is good off his back, I, I just don't see Usman tapping. Usman's a fucking all-American wrestler. What I think Burns is gonna do, I think, I think, I think he's gonna keep his dins, uh, distance from um, from from Usman as much as possible, and I believe he's gonna try to keep it uh, as much as possible in the middle of the ring. Okay. And I'm gonna, and, and I think he's gonna try to box, and then and then and then the box, and then from the boxing set up a uh, a takedown on Usman. It'll be so very, I think it'll be very interesting to see if Burns is able to take down Usman. That's going to be tough. Yeah, and I just don't think that that's something that Burns would want. I think that Burns' advantage might is the only advantage he has is uh standing and it has to be him circling, standing outside, throwing jabs, creating the distance like you said, creating the distance. I just don't think the advantage because if he goes on his back, no matter how good he is on his back, Usman's grounded pound is is unbelievable. Like it's it's second to none. And Usman will create damage that way. And taking down Burns, Usman's not being taken down by a jiu-jitsu guy. That's just it's not gonna happen. Yeah. So, and Usman sometimes his style reminds me a little bit of GSP, mm-hmm. where he just ground and pounds a lot. Yeah, and, jab, uh, box, set up the wrestling, take it down, yeah, ground and pound like it's yeah, it's the same style pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. So, 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 would you think would win GSP against Usman if it ever happens? It, it at will prime, happen at their prime. It, well, wait, hold on, hold on, I got prime, prime GSP. Prime GSP is GSP. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I think it's prime GSP because uh, the thing about GSP is that he has the best like MMA wrestling in the history of MMA, wrestling in the history of MMA. Like I think it's it's like it's a unanimous decision. It's either him or Khabib at that, you know and. Nothing against Usman. I just think that GSP was so much more well-rounded with his kicks and uh, the leg kicks and the calf kicks and the spinning wheel kicks and uh, the Superman punch. And like he, GSP had <laughs> so many things in his arsenal. Where Usman is like so good at like three or four different things. GSP, I think GSP would have won that fight. It would have been a boring fucking fight, but it, he would have won that fight. Uh. I, I was arguing with a guy on Facebook about actually GSP. Yeah, I never argue and, with people on Facebook. <laughs> I know lesson. that's the biggest that's the biggest mistake ever. But <laughs> well, he he was saying how GSP was running ran away from uh, the so, dude who, who the dude who just got his ribs uh, fucked. What's his name? Johnny Hendricks. Uh, no, 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 no. It's um Who he, he fought against GSP fight. GSP fought everybody. He, he uh no no it was actually when he was up and coming in the UFC it was um okay. he fought he 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 fought Sh- Shabazian uh Longo. What was his name? Uh fuck, let me get it really quick. Who's Shabazian? Edmund Shabazian. Edmund Shabazian. He fought against him right now. 
uh fuck it's a popular name i just forgot it and jesus uh, is running from this guy if i can't remember it and no 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 no, no. I, I, actually not no, no no hold on it's not that guy it's not that guy Derek Brunson. it's uh no no not Derek brunson um my my beds there's two guys I always fucking confuse, and it's Brunson and another guy. It's um, Anderson Silva. He was also no, he wasn't in welterweight division. Is he still in the um, welterweight division? He is. Uh, it's it's the guy with the fat fucking legs uh, who's good. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Robbie Lawler. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. Tyron Woodley. <laughs> yeah, Tyron Woodley. Exactly. Tyron Woodley. Fucking. Tyron really lost to uh, he lost recently to Gilbert Burns. He didn't lose to exactly. Guy. Yeah, he never exactly. ran away so, from Woodley. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah, that's why he was why, arguing why that. Would G, why would GSP fight Woodley back then? Woodley wasn't even the top ten. Like it's not even a fucking competition. Like, listen, maybe Woodley would have beat him. I don't know, but I don't think so. But he I wasn't think even it was in the conversation. Back. He wasn't even the top eight at that point. Back when GSP was the champ, it was GSP, Hendricks, Diaz, Condit, Magny was in there, Maya was in there, Robbie Lawler. He fought all of them except for Robbie Lawler. So I don't know what the problem is. And Roy McDonald, like. That guy, whoever you're talking, that's why I don't talk to people on Facebook. Yeah, that's why I was arguing. I was like, hey, fucking Tyron Woodley was up and coming. He was not even in the top 10 yet. And you were saying he was running away from him. Yeah. And apparently he, he also pulled up a clip saying GSP ran away from him <laughs> because he didn't want to sign a contract or, what, or whatever the fuck it was. Get, but anyways. When you get to GSP's level, you everybody wants to fight you. Everybody. So he's allowed to say no to people that don't deserve the shot. You know what I mean? So he, there, it's not, GSP didn't say no to fighting. He said no to, why would I fight this guy? You know what I mean? So if yeah. he said no to Tyron Woodley, it's because Tyron Woodley hadn't earned it yet. And even at, even after GSP lost, like retired, the belt changed hands. It went from uh, Robbie Lawler to Woodley. So it wasn't even as if Woodley got the title shot immediately. Robbie Lawler defended it three times before he lost to Woodley. Yeah. So like, you know, let's go fuck yourself. He fought Rory twice and then he lost to Woodley, you know? So like, and Woodley, I mean, we all seen Woodley's career. I like the guy. He's a fan. I'm a fan. But like, up after he won the belt, he was, he was not the same fighter at all. And it is what it is. What are you going to do? And I'm not sure if our listeners are following us on Twitter, but we do have a special guest coming on in two weeks, approximately. Yeah. Uh, Eamon Zahabi, the the younger brother of Firaz Zahabi, who he, trained you. He is Eamon Zahabi. He's the younger brother of nobody. Okay, that's, cool. <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about. So when he, wins, and, uh, when he wins his fight in a couple of weeks, we'll have him on and we'll talk about it. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully it's positive news. I think it is. I mean, uh, good, luck to, good luck to him. Yeah, yeah uh, he has a he has a good opponent, so uh, it should be a good match. Who's he fighting? Actually, it's a good question. I don't even know. Who he's it's um, Rodriguez. Who is it? Rodriguez something? Right oh, Draco Rodriguez. Mir yeah, Draco Rodriguez. Tabarnak. <laughs> That's gonna be a good fight. I'm definitely gonna be watching it, and and we're gonna be talking about it on our show after the fights. But yeah, Absolutely. okay, cool. All right, buddy. Uh, again, this is episode weekly saw uh, weekly sauce episode thirty-seven. Uh, ben Cahoon, thanks for coming on, buddy. Really appreciate it, man. And G two G bar dot com is their site. Um, 
Go check it out. Healthy, healthy bars, and uh, hopefully we can partner up with them. Uh, it's also brought to you by Weekly Sauce. Uh, Weekly Sauce. <laughs> it's brought to you by Mike's Beef Cube Rub. Visit Mike's Beef Cube Rub at MTL.com and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off the entire site. Uh, I'm Terry Tam. Uh, that was Alex the Intern. Peace. Peace.